0: It's that time of year, friends. People are already ditching the gym as they walk away from their exercise routine and their New Year's resolution, but not you. Today we're talking about five ways to keep up an exercise routine when everyone else is already falling off the bandwagon. And you wanna know the good news? There's no longer a line for the leg press. Welcome back to the Fit Feed by Read podcast. I am so grateful that you are here tuning in today. We're talking all about how to be consistent with an exercise routine, whether you're a New Year's resolutioner or not. So tune in for five specific tips on how to stick with that new plan. You are listening to the health and fitness podcast for the female millennial. Step off the roller coaster of yo-yo diet and fitness trends with sustainable solutions to make positive habit change. Learn to stress less, eat smart, and move more with me, Coach Reed, and the fit-for-life-minded guests I bring onto the show. We'll tackle one diet myth at a time, give you tactical ways to make change in your life, and deliver it all with a lighthearted quirk that you just can't stop listening to. As I like to say, it's an educational audio treat better said, like a lollipop for your ears. Let's dive in. Hey friends, and welcome back to the podcast. Today we are talking about five ways to keep up an exercise routine when everyone else is falling off the bandwagon already. Eeks, we know it's a thing. It happens every single year. Funny enough, I am actually recording this podcast on January 1st. Happy New Year. Uh, But I'm planning on pushing this out at like the end of the month. Now, I've been in the industry long enough to know exactly what gyms will look like in three to four weeks from now. So hence why we are having this conversation uh, over the podcast airwaves, shall we say. Now, I want to make a comment. I know that some people, I have a number of clients that do not fall within the New Year's resolutions category. They're like, I don't set resolutions. I'd rather just stay on top of things throughout the year. That is great. That is wonderful. That is wonderful. If you are someone who maybe has not set a specific New Year's resolution, but has struggled to stay consistent with an exercise routine, these uh, five tactics I'll be sharing with you today will still be of great value. So I'm framing this up around New Year's resolutions, but this could be applicable in many different circumstances. So before we dive on into those specific five things that I want to mention today, let's talk a little bit about some top trends and some statistics when it comes to New Year's resolutions. Now, not particularly shockingly, many of you guys know that most people end up setting some sort of New Year's resolution around physical health. And that can be phrased in different ways, whether it's exercising more or eating healthier or losing weight or however you want to frame it up. But most people that set a goal uh, when it comes to a New Year's resolution, it has to do something with physical health. Even when we think about things like quitting smoking or cutting down on alcohol or anything of that nature, that still would fall in the physical health realm. So that is where people tend to set the most goals. I specifically pulled some statistics from Statista, actually. This was from goals set for 2021. So obviously this is from a year ago, but still kind of interesting to inform, especially given this moment in time. The last couple of years have not been particularly normal, shall we say. But interestingly enough, a lot of these uh, these resolutions are still fall within kind of the same categories that people normally set resolutions well before any sort of wild pandemic hit the world. So this is telling us, this was a survey of just over 500 people, so not a massive study, but this was showing that about 44% of the New Year's resolutioners set a goal to exercise more, but 42% said they wanted to eat healthier, and then decreasing percentages from there were spending more time with family and friends, losing weight, living more economically, spending less time on social media, improving job performance, reducing stress on the job, quitting smoking, and cutting down on alcohol. So a lot of those factors actually have something to do with health. Even when we think about reducing stress within a job, that still has a health benefit. So people are very cognizant of what's happening with their bodies and their health around this time of the year. So you know, you guys, every single year it's this it's this wild thing. I've I've been both a personal trainer as well as just a member of big box gyms, boutique studio gyms, uh, you know, all sorts of things over the last decade and a half. And it's so interesting to see what happens in the beginning of the year. I always love it as someone who gets very excited about other people being excited about making change. I actually don't mind when it's hard to find a machine or a barbell because I'm like, this is awesome. Look how many people are here kicking butt, showing up, trying to make change in their life. I actually don't mind it. Now, the thing that's always sad to me is by the time you hit like February, early February, mid-February, the gym looks very, very different than it did in early January, which is always so interesting to me. So, this is this is why I'm here talking about these five specific tactics to help keep you on track. One thing I want to mention before I dive into these five tactics is this. There are so many self-help books. There are so many self-help podcasts out there. Some of these specific five points, you've maybe heard some of these before. Now, I would, I would venture to guess you have not heard all of them because uh, I threw some interesting stuff in the mix because I want to keep you guys on your toes. But know this. We can consume book after book and podcast after podcast, but if we never actually implement anything that we learn from it, we don't create the change in our life that we're seeking to create. Hmm. We can be you know, sort of an obsessive consumer of self-help content without actually applying the principles that we're learning. So my challenge for you today is this. As you listen to this podcast, whether you're driving, you're running, you're walking, whatever you're doing, I want you to call out and notice, recognize for yourself just one single thing, one single thing that you are going to take out of this podcast and put into your life, literally starting today. Today. (laughs) Yes, I repeat, you're picking one thing from this podcast to implement starting today. Doesn't mean necessarily that you're going to have to go to the gym later today, but it does mean you might be doing something like putting it in your calendar or finding an accountability buddy or researching a new type of gym to try or whatever it may be. So Keep your ears peeled for that and your uh, attention on finding that one thing for yourself. Because the goal here is really to actually create change versus just talking about it and being like, oh, that sounds nice. Uh, And then not actually making it happen, (laughs) right? What kind of good does that do us? So let's dive right on in my friends. Number one is do something you actually enjoy. This is one of the most important principles that I apply to exercise when working with clients because at the end of the day, if you don't enjoy it, you are very unlikely to actually sustain the habit for an extended period of time. You may be able to do do something that you don't particularly enjoy for say six or eight weeks. Maybe you'd be even able to stretch it up to like six months if you really have a lot of willpower and a lot of drive. But I can almost promise you, once you get past that point, you are not going to keep doing something you do not enjoy joy. As humans, we seek to do things that we enjoy that bring us happiness, pleasure, right? We know this. So, lean into that and find activity and exercise movement that you actually enjoy. There are tons of options when it comes to exercise. It could be anything from going to the gym and doing a strength training program on your own, maybe you find a program online or you're working with a trainer, but you are doing those programs by yourself. You could be working with a coach or a trainer from a strength-based program, hit-based program, whatever it may be. There's things like CrossFit, there's Orange Theory, there's Zumba, there's Pilates, there's trampoline fitness. You wow. You can always run outside, there's cycling, swimming, dance fitness. You guys, the list goes on. There are so many options when it comes to movement and exercise. So find something you actually enjoy. One key tip on this, something to consider. I am this is by no means sponsored. Whatsoever. But I do think an app like ClassPass is a phenomenal thing to try. If you aren't sure what you actually enjoy most, download something like ClassPass. Essentially, what that app allows you to do is to pay a monthly fee that gives you a certain number of credits that you can then apply to all different types of studios and gyms. So you can try out a bunch of different classes for a cheaper price than what most studios charge for, like, a, a one time drop in fee. That, of course, is an option as well. Or if you are already a member of a big box gym, most big box, gym, big box gyms have some sort of group fitness program. Check out a few. Try some different group fitness programs, different classes, even the small group training programs that are run by personal trainers. Usually they'll offer you like your first class free if you want to jump in on something or try something. So start experimenting, seeing what actually clicks for you, what you enjoy, Maybe you're best when you have your own space and time to go and lift by yourself. Maybe you enjoy being surrounded by people in a class setting that's super dependent on each individual person, but take the time to recognize what serves you best. Know that you can always pivot. Maybe you tried something new this year and you've suddenly realized, oh my goodness, I really don't like Pilates and I thought I was going to because my best girlfriend told me it would be the jam. (laughs) It's okay if you don't like it. It's okay. You can say, "Hey, you know what? This actually isn't serving me. I need to I need to walk away from this." So, just be aware of that. Now, one thing that I get a lot of questions around is, well, okay, Reed, if I'm trying to make change or lose weight, what is the ideal programming that I'm that I'm that I'm pursuing? Ideally, you want a balance of some form of strength training and some form of cardio, but both of those things can come in very different forms. There's a whole different range of ways to get in strength training, and similarly a whole different range of ways to get in cardiovascular conditioning. The element of finding something you actually enjoy is more important, because that is truly what creates consistency. So know that the, hey, I actually enjoy it piece is, is more critical than this. Point number two today is find accountability do you have a gym buddy that you can go work out with even if it's just one time a week something that creates a little bit of consistency or maybe you don't have someone that lives near you or is in your area maybe it's a friend in another state with similar goals share your goals with someone maybe it's your spouse check in with each other weekly say hey i want to i want to build some accountability for myself as i'm working toward a specific goal And now this is something that I know is very frequently talked about within the space of making change and increasing your health habits, shall we say. But the game is like, hey, are you actually doing it? This is once again a difference between being like, oh yeah, that sounds really nice, and then actually doing it. Around this time of year, oftentimes some people are very comfortable sharing their goals and what they're trying to work toward, and some people are a little bit more private about you know, if they're trying to lose weight or if they're trying to get healthier or increase their exercise or whatever it may be. Maybe it's, you know, asking your close friends and just saying, hey, did you set any, set any New Year's resolutions? or Are you working on any sort of goals? And would you be interested in holding each other accountable? Start that conversation. I can almost guarantee that if they're working towards something, they'll be grateful to have that conversation. Think about joining a studio where you can find like-minded people. Boutique fitness is a trendy hot thing right now. There's tons of studios in every city. So find one and say, hey, you know, is this an opportunity for me to connect with some people? If you consistently go to the same class time, there's a good chance you'll be seeing the same people consistently. Use it as an opportunity to get to know people and to connect. What's up? I always like to throw in there too a lot of boutique studios just as you know, personal training sessions oftentimes fall in this category as well. If you don't show up for the session, you're oftentimes charged some sort of a, a late cancel fee, which actually is really good because guess what that is? Accountability. It keeps you from not showing up. It keeps you from showing up being like, hey, I didn't want to get charged the late cancel fee. So that's actually another little perk if you think about it. Consider hiring a coach. This is very clearly an accountability resource, right? Someone who's checking in on you, who's helping you track toward your goals, who's giving you advice on your goals. That is definitely an option as well when you think about seeking out accountability. Number three, schedule it. Put it in your calendar. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, they often say that our calendar is the greatest reflection of our priorities and I strongly believe this. Once something becomes very habitual and consistent in your life, you might not calendar it anymore. That's okay, but especially when you're initially trying to create consistency with something, calendar it. It might feel weird to put go to the gym on your calendar, but but do it, try it. One thing that I would consider with this is create a consistent schedule for yourself of sitting down every weekend before the week approaches and and looking at your calendar and figuring out where you can fit in exercise. For a lot of people, if you have a busy life, it's not that you will be necessarily going to the gym at the same time every single day. For some people that works best and for some people they'd rather have a little bit of flexibility, but take the time ahead of time to plan, look at your calendar and say, hey, where can I fit in movement and exercise this week? One thing to assess on that first point that I made around your calendar is a great reflection of your priorities. Take a moment to look at your calendar. That's another kind of like adjunct uh, thing to consider off of that kind of core practice of scheduling it is take a peek at your calendar and stop and recognize what you're prioritizing. For most people, they recognize, hey, there's a lot of work on here and there's nothing wrong with that. But maybe it's like, hey, uh, I need to be prioritizing more time with my family, more time for exercise. That can be a whole activity in and of itself. But schedule your exercise. Schedule it. If this is the one that rings true for you of of the five that I list out, maybe you sit down with your calendar tonight and say, hey, over the next seven days, where can I fit in movement? Number four, worry less about the scale and more about setting habit goals hmm, worry less about the scale and more about setting habit goals. If you listen to my ditched scale episode, I will link that in the description of the podcast. Uh, Definitely worth checking out. You'll have a bit of context on this. But I think that around this time of year, a lot of people tend to use the scale as their strongest benchmark for understanding, hey, am I succeeding in working toward a goal or not? And I would strongly discourage using your scale as the sole metric for tracking progress because there are so many other things that we can leverage and use to track progress. Consider this. Hey, what if I, instead of setting a specific weight loss goal, I actually set a goal that was specific to the habit that I want to build. So saying, hey, I'm going to show up at the gym X number of times per week. Or I'm going to make sure that I meal prep or I'm going to make sure that I'm getting in a, a midday 10 minute walk over my lunch hour, whatever it may be. It's saying, hey, I'm going to be consistent with it activity or a habit. And then what comes from that, I'm not I'm not putting a metric to it, right? Whether that's weight or it's inches or whatever it may be. One thing that's, that's really challenging for a lot of people is that the obsession with the scale, especially when you start a new exercise program, is a very fast way to step right onto a roller coaster. Because at the end of the day, weight loss for most people is not perfectly linear in a downward trajectory there is some level of fluctuations, especially on a scale where you have no idea what's muscle, what's fat, what's water weight. And so especially from a scale perspective, that's the only metric you're using. You start to ride a a roller coaster that can get pretty emotional and can really easily derail you from what you're actually trying to do, which is ultimately get healthier. So consider that. One thing I would think about as well is beyond habit goals, once you've set some habit goals and been consistent with those, start to consider, hey, could I be setting some performance goals? This is where things get super fun, my friends. This is thinking about stuff like, do I want to run my first 10K in 2022? Do I want to be able to do 10 push-ups in a row? Do I want to be able to achieve my first pull-up? Be able to do, uh, you know, be able to squat my own body weight on a barbell? Whatever it may be, there's tons of sorts of goals you could set with this. After you've started to create some consistency with habit-based goals, I love working with clients and starting to add some performance goals into the mix because that's where it's like, hey, okay, I am attaching a bit of a metric to it. And so I have something I'm working toward, especially if you're a little bit competitive, but it's completely detached from the scale or your weight or inches. It's saying, what is my body capable of? That can be really empowering in a really incredible way as well. A bit of research I want to share with you guys, because you know I like to sprinkle some of that in uh, to these episodes. I was doing some research, this actually specifically was done around New Year's resolutions. Uh, This one was, the study was conducted in December of 2020, so pretty recent, and it was with a sample size of just over a thousand participants, so pretty good size study. And this research specifically was looking at approach-oriented goal setting versus avoidance oriented goal setting, which I will describe in a moment here. Essentially what they found, there was a few different layers to the study, but not shockingly, they found the most popular resolutions were specific to physical health, weight loss, and eating habits. In a one-year follow-up with the participants, they actually found that 55% of responders considered themselves to be successful in sustaining their resolutions, which I would actually say is pretty high. Now that could be, it says 55% of responders which tells me there might have been some participants that didn't respond. People that were successful might have been more likely to say, hey, hands in the air, I'm still succeeding. So who knows? There's plenty of different things we, can, we could, you know, factor in here maybe. But that number I would say is actually pretty high compared to what I've seen in a lot of research studies around success rates when it comes to resolutions. But great, kudos for those participants. The piece that we really, I really want to kind of zero in on and and share with you guys is that participants with an approach-oriented goal were significantly more successful than those with an avoidance-oriented goal. So 58.9% of the uh, participants with an approach-oriented goal were were successful, 47.1% with an avoidance-oriented goal. So both had a decent rate of success, but more so with that approach orientation. You're probably thinking, what in the world is that? please explain. Let me give you some examples. Essentially, an approach-oriented goal is taking a positive spin on things. It's the easiest way I would describe this. An avoidance-oriented goal is taking the more negative spin on things. So let's say that you want to be more consistent in going to the gym. An approach-oriented goal would be saying, I'm going to go to the gym three days a week because I have an upcoming vacation and I'm planning on learning how to surf. I want to be in shape and strong and ready and stable to learn how to surf on my upcoming vacation." An avoidance-oriented goal would be saying, I'm going to be going to the gym three days a week so that I don't feel unconfident in my swimsuit. Okay, another example. Let's say you want to start meal prepping more consistently. An approach-oriented goal would be, I am meal prepping every weekend because I want to have tasty, already prepared foods to enjoy all week long. It'll make things far easier and simpler in the evenings. Versus the avoidance-oriented goal of that would be saying, I'm going to meal prep every weekend so that I avoid eating out because I think that's bad for my health. So think about how can you take your goals and put a positive spin on them? Not particularly shockingly, the brain, our brains are oriented to want to seek out the things that are positive, the things that are joy-filled sounds way more fun. I don't know about, I don't know about how you feel about this. Sounds way more fun to me to go to the gym three days a week so that I'm in shape to learn how to surf on an upcoming vacation versus forcing myself to go to the gym three days a week so that I don't feel icky in my swimsuit. There's a difference there. There's a big difference. So think about that as you are working through uh, setting your goals and creating an approach that really is is sustainable for you. Number five set yourself apart. This, my friends, is for all you competitive people out there. (laughs) I have a competitive spirit in me as well. This is something that actually does come across my mind around the new year, whenever I'm working towards some sort of goal. And it is thinking about this element of, sadly, so many people are falling off the bandwagon with whatever sort of resolution they set, but you aren't like everyone else. Think about that. If you stick with your goal, you are actually in the minority in doing that, in creating that success. And so think about, hey, okay, is there is this an opportunity for me to set myself apart, to recognize that I'm really, I am driven to work toward this goal, goal. this matters to me. If you find when you reach that like one month mark that you're like, eh, hmm, didn't really care about the goal, usually there's a pretty clear sign that that goal doesn't actually mean that much to you. We could dive deep into the why behind things, but that's the simplest way to kind of frame it up initially is just, hey, that goal probably didn't resonate strongly enough with you. One thing to think about too, in in particular to this uh, concept of setting yourself apart is getting out of your own head. Oftentimes, if you've been in a place of trying diet after diet, after exercise routine, after exercise routine, if you've ridden the roller coaster for quite some time, Can be very easy. I've seen this in a lot of clients before where we start to identify with the things that have been a repeat in our life. This could apply with anything, it could happen with jobs or with family or with dating or with anything. If we start to notice repeat cycles in our life, we start to identify or attach some sort of meaning to what that is to ourselves. And so things like phrases like, well, I'm out of shape or I'm just not someone that goes to the gym. There can be a lot of really valuable work here in eliminating the attachment to that sort of identity and starting to shift yourself to a place of saying, no, I am someone that goes to the gym. By being consistent, you are proving to yourself that you are in fact someone that goes to the gym. If you are someone that falls off the bandwagon on week number three or four, you are continuing to kind of deeper uh, deeper dig that groove of telling yourself, hey, I identify as someone who doesn't go to the gym. So think about that. There's a lot of deep work there. Self-identity, all that kind of all that kind of big stuff. But think about, hey, okay, is this an opportunity for me to set myself apart for something that really matters to me as I'm working towards being more consistent with an exercise routine. So friends, let's recap. Number 1, the first way to keep up an exercise routine when everyone else is falling off the bandwagon is do something you actually enjoy. Number 2 is find accountability. Number 3, schedule it, put it in the calendar team. Number four, worry less about the scale and think more about setting habit goals and then possibly even performance goals. Number five, set yourself apart. So the key takeaway for this episode is, what is the one thing from this list that you are gonna implement today? Only needs to be one, but there's one thing that I want you to start taking action on today, not tomorrow, not next week, not next, not the following Monday, but today. Okay, friends, that is what I have for you. Thank you for tuning into the Fit Feed by Read podcast. If this had a positive impact on you, I'd be so honored to have you share it with a fellow female millennial. Send it through text message or post it on your Instagram story, tagging me at Fit Feed by Read. I hope you guys have a stellar week ahead of building healthy habits. And don't forget, God loves you.